So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space in West Limic 102. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining us this morning, and this the 13th of January, the Baptism of the Lord. Help me to produce the programme this morning. Uh, two lovely ladies here inside studio. Lorraine Buckley, good morning to you, Lorraine. How are you? Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. I am recovering from the flu, as I think half of West Limerick is currently recovering from the flu. So I'm, a, I'm an octave lower than I should be, just in case anybody's wondering. That doesn't sound like Lorraine. Well done, Lorraine. Thanks for coming <laughs> in. Well done to you. You're welcome. And joining me also inside the studio here this morning. Anne, good morning to you, Anne. How are you? Morning, John. Fine. You're good. Well, good weather and all that. Yeah, good weather and all that. I don't know what country that's been, but anyway. <laughs> you know, joining us, uh, not inside studio this morning, but somewhere out there in Skypland, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. You're, you're certainly not too bad there. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm like everybody else, half the country, I'm dosed up as well. And of course, we want to welcome especially those people this morning who are joining us, um, who are housebound as usual. They're lonely and sick. We don't just say this, we mean this. We mean uh, to really welcome those people um, who are joining us this morning, who probably have nobody else to speak to, maybe this morning, or maybe even for the rest of the day. So thanks a lot for joining us. Um, again, you're very welcome. Just to remind people again, this uh, programme is being broadcast at West Limit 102 at 11pm again tonight. Um, and of course, a podcast of this and previous programmes are available on our blog which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. That's www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And, of course, you can text us, and that's on 087-6088-667. So that's 087-6088-667. Now we've got a few little things to do this morning, Shane, and our introduction. First of all, are we going to start off with the Saints for the Week, or is there someone else, somewhere else you want to start off? Yeah, we'll do the Saints of the Week and we'll just clear clear those out for people. So okay. um, Monday, the 14th of January, is the Feast of Saint Sava. Sava is a saint of Serbia, a prince of the realm uh, who went off to Mount Athos to become a monk. Uh, his father, the king, later joined him. Uh, he returned to Serbia at, at times of trouble, became one of its first patriarchs and led a reform in terms of the faith in Serbia and is a highly revered saint there. On the 15th of January, we have the feast day of St. Ita, of course, patron of Limerick, co-patroness of Limerick, I suppose, uh, mother of the saints of Ireland. Uh, obviously, uh, Ita was born in County Waterford of noble and Christian parents, is how it's described. And of course, in Limerick, we associate her very much with Kilidi, where she attracted a great variety of saints to the school that she had there. And she, um, there was a, she founded a monastery which educated many of the saints of Ireland. And she was known as the foster mother of the saints of Ireland. And she died in 570 AD. So that's St. Ita on the 15th of January. And for all those in, in Kilidi, happy St. Ita's Day. Then on the 16th of January, we have the feast day of St. Fursa, again on the Irish calendar. Fursa is associated with... Uh, He's, 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 a, he's a, one of our foreigner saints, or one of our travelling saints. He's one of the great monastic missionaries. Himself and his brothers first went to East Anglia, uh, and then he left and sought refuge in France around 644. He died around 650 at Mezzarole and was buried in Peron, and there's a, where there's a great centre of devotion to him. On the 17th of January, we have the feast day of one of the great saints of the church, that's St. Anthony the Abbot, or St. Anthony the, the Hermit. He's not a father of modern-day monasticism. 
who died in 356. He lived a life of solitude very much in the desert, but attracted many others to that life, where leading to the formation of communities in the desert and the first monasteries and communities of hermits. So he's a great saint on the 17th of January. On the 18th of January, we have St. Beatrix of Est the Younger. Now, this, was, this is a newish one for me. I hadn't come across her before. And she is associated with uh, she died in 1262 of natural causes. She was uh, born of the family of the Norman Dukes of Apulia. Um, she is a blessed uh, child rather than a saint. And her husband died just before the wedding. He died of wounds he received in combat. And she refused uh, to return to her father's house, but became a Benedictine nun at San Lorenzo Convent near Ferrara. Uh, so that's Blessed Beatrix of Est the Younger on the 18th of January. And finally, John, then on Saint, on the 19th of January, with the feast day of St. Philian. Philian is, well, there's a couple of dates. He's either the 19th or the 9th of January, depending which calendar you look at. Um, related to St. Comgen, became a monk in his youth, took the habit at Finton Manu uh, Monastery. Legends and large tales associated very much with him that, uh, you know, he that a monk, a wolf is reported to have killed the ox he employed to work at the church construction site. Uh, but when the wolf realized whose monk it was, it took the ox's place. So that's the Saint St. Philian, who we celebrate on the 19th of January. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the calendars for the week. Also, just to point out, of course, that from the 18th of January, it is the week of prayer for Christian unity. And next week, Father David, or Father uh, Martin Brown from Glenstall will be on to talk to us about the week of prayer for Christian unity. <laughs> Okay, Shane, thanks a lot for that introduction in uh, leading us through the saints for this particular week. Now, at this time of the year, there's another little exercise that you introduced us to, Shane, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. This is in terms of patron saints and saints look after us for the year and so on and so forth. You might just introduce that particular topic to our listeners as to what I was trying to speak about. Sure. So tradition, New Year's tradition on Sacred Space 102 is that we partake of a monastic tradition whereby uh, members of the community are allocated a patron saint for the year. The idea being that you would have an exemplar, a witness, a friend to explore and find out about the coming 12 months. So my patron saint for 2018 was Saint uh, Lucy. Uh, so that's that's who I had. Um, the blog patron saint last year was uh, Saint uh, Ma- uh, Justin Martyr. Um, so, John, who did you guys have? Last year, I had John Paul, John Paul II. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. And Anne had... And had St. Thomas of Becket, and I had St. Catherine of Siena. Okay. So, in terms of, we, we run a little, there's a little gizmo online that some very creative, intelligent person came up with. <laughs> and what it does is it randomly generates a saint's name for you. So, have you guys done your saint's names for 2018? Uh, 2019 even? Of course even? we have. So, who did you get? I got St. Mary Magdalene. Oh, which, interesting. Which I am delighted with. Uh, okay. Mary, Mary Magdalene, of course, is one of the, I suppose, the mis- most mysterious characters in the New Testament. There's only actually one mention of her before the crucifixion, and it's in Luke's Gospel 8-2, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven devils had gone out. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that she followed Jesus with other women disciples and provided for him out of their own resources. And she appears again at the foot of the cross. But the reason why Mary Magdalene is called the Apostle to the Apostles is because she is the first witness of the resurrected Christ. Because oh. on the Sunday, she went to the tomb to um, with the spices and all that to, um, 
anoint the body of Jesus and Jesus appeared to her and she recognised him only when he called her by her name. And then he asked her to go to the brothers and to spread the good news that way. So her feast day is the 22nd of July and I'm looking very much forward to getting to know St. Mary Magdalene this year. Okay, so next one around the table with Anne. Who did you get, Anne? I got Joan of France and she was born in 1464 and died in 1505. And her feast day is coming up shortly, isn't Yes, it? it's coming up on the February the 4th. February the 4th okay and um, she loved uh, to ponder the mysteries of Mary's rosary wasn't that beautiful isn't that beautiful yeah I thought that was lovely so that just suited you beautifully okay Shane uh, as you know um, my wife has been praying that I get I get somebody who'd really try (laughs) to sort me out you know I mean John, John Paul II and the best he could last year with me so, uh, her prayers, I'd say possibly she went big time anyway this year because I got St. Matthew. All right. This is St. Matthew. He was the son of Osphaeus. He was likely born in Galilee. He was a tax collector, which was a hated profession during the time of Christ. <coughs> According to the Gospel of Matthew, he was working at a tax collection booth in Capernaum when Christ came up to him and said, Follow me. It was a simple call. Matthew became a disciple of Christ. It is thought that he departed to other lands to escape persecution around the year 42 AD. And according to various legends, he he fled to Parthia, Persia, Ethiopia. Nothing is recorded of Matthew's passing. We don't know how he died, if his death was natural or if if he was martyred. So the church established St. Matthew's feast day on September the 21st. So that's the guy who's got a pretty... (laughs) tough job to try and sort me out during the year shine. But anyway, mm-hmm. this year, so who, who did you get? Well, my patron saint for the for 2019 is, um, well, when the generator spun the name out, I'll have to say it was a little um, disconcerting. <laughs> right. um, I, I, I went to um, Greece in October and I, I did an icon uh, writing course there for a week and the icon that I wrote while I was in Greece, was an icon of Saint Raphael, and I don't know why it was. It was the name. It was the icon that appealed to me at the time. And Raphael has crossed my path a number of times in the last twelve months or so. Well, he's going to be crossing my path a lot more in twenty nineteen because he's my patron saint. <laughs> wow! I guess you did a really good job on that icon. Perhaps. Anyway, <laughs> so that's that one. Now moving on, patron saint for the blog for twenty. 20- 19. Can I have a roll of drums, please? <laughs> go on, that's my roll. <laughs> there you go, that's fine, that'll do the job. So, patron saint for the Sacred Space 102 blog for 2019 is Saint Albert the Grace. And he's the patron saint of medical technicians, natural sciences, philosophers, school children, students, and theology students. Dominican saint, of course, uh, known as uh, feast day is the 15th of November. Um, as I said, priest, Dominican, taught in Cologne and Paris, and he's the teacher of Thomas Aquinas. Uh, was the Bishop of Regensburg, and he is, of course, a doctor of the church. So that's who we have, Albert Magnus, or Albert the Great, as the patron saint of the blog for 2019. Thanks, th- thanks for that, Shane. Now, just before we leave that, just remind listeners again how they can go it's through this simple. procedure. If- if people have internet access, actually, it's very straightforward. If you just Google Saints Name Generator, 
it comes up. It's a very simple website. Nothing too too um, complicated with it, and it's just literally click the button and away you go. Okay, thanks for that, Shane. So now at this part of the program, I suppose we will go for our first bit of music. But before that, there's a, a spirit of communion prayer that we might ask Anne to share with us this morning. Thanks, Anne. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I now cannot receive you sacramentally. Come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Anne. So now we're going for our first bit of music, as I said, and this is by Liam Lawton, maybe ideal for the, again for the start of the year. This one is entitled Benedictus. So let's say this.
So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined in the studio here by Lorraine Buckley, and, and Shane, of course, is still joining us on the other end of the sky plan. Now, Shane, this time of the year is also a time of the year when we review and take a look back at 2018 as to what happened within the faith community around the world and a little bit of a touching base with what we've done on Sacred Space here. So maybe you might kick us off, Shane, with... Sure. No problem. Um, now, this is, as you said, John, the annual review of the year. So we, 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 we go back and we look at it from an ecclesial point of view. Um, people will get the political and the sporting all around New Year's Day. And on Sacred Space, we try to do it from a from faith community perspective. Now, I have to say um, it's challenging doing this year's one because I think it would be fair to say that for many, um, 2008 was pretty much like Queen Elizabeth's 1992 when it became an annus horribilis, because um, there's very little kind of cheery news throughout. <laughs> but we'll go month by month, mm-hmm. and we'll see the types of things that came up, and we'll take it from there. So, starting off last January, on the uh, on the papal scene, Pope Francis had his trip to Chile, various locations and various places, but generally uh, it's remembered for two things. First of all was that wedding that was conducted on the plane, as he was going going or coming from Chile, I can't remember which, which, of course, started off the whole debate about where you can conduct weddings and was proper preparation done and all the rest of it. Then, at the same time, of course, the Chile visit, I think, will, was an underlying theme throughout all of 2018 because, of course, it led to the explosion of the sexual abuse crisis in the Chilean church and the rather inappropriate comments that Pope Francis made in support of a bishop who has subsequently had to be defrocked and expelled from the ministry. Um, So it wasn't a great start to the year, and it kind of went downhill from there in terms of that particular part of the world, as the the, the entire uh, number, entire all the bishops of Chile submitted their resignations to the Pope during the year. From an Irish perspective, we did have some good news. Peter Payton... The rosary priest uh, moved his cause progressed towards the uh, that is his cause towards sainthood. So now he is venerable Father Peter Payton. And of course, uh, the cause progresses. And of course, they're now looking to explore his ministry, uh, his intercession. And obviously, of course, those uh, key miracles to progress his cause for beatification. John, what did we do on the programme? Uh, well, just going back to that one again, Father Peter Payton, I mean, I know his, um, I think his place is up in Atimas, I think it is, up in Mayo. And I think, uh, I might try and touch base with him later on during the year again. There'd be no bad idea, maybe, to get a little bit more information around Father Father Payton, the Rosary Priest. An awful lot of people, I'd say, uh, especially of the younger generation, who mightn't be aware of who Father Payton is. But anyway, moving on. Actually, on the 14th of Jan last year, we had our good friend back uh, again to join us, uh, Michael Keaton, who gave us another reflection on St. Ita. Now, Michael's been on with us a number of years, and every time we come on, in all fairness to Michael, he tries to bring us something new. So this year, unfortunately, Michael won't be able to join us, but uh, Michael again, as I said, stepped into the breach. In February, uh, just before you come into your own February, the 4th of February last year, um, actually, I played a recording that I'd actually made myself. And this is when myself and Anne paid a visit to the Anglican Marian Shrine in Walsingham. 
Very interesting. Large shrine. We spoke with a, a canon, Stephen Gallagher, there, who, who, who told us all about uh, how they conduct their own pilgrimages. They, you know, they, they have, in fact, one of the things that really struck me when I came into that particular pilgrimage site, the first thing that I, I noticed was um, people saying the rosary. Not a thing that one that I certainly expected to see, but a nice little idea there of people um, people praying the rosary, but they were pra- praying for people's intentions. So it's the first time I've actually seen this happen, where people leave intentions in a little box somewhere. And at 6 o'clock every evening then, that box is opened. And as they're praying the rosary, they remember the little the, the petitions that people are praying for. I thought it was a wonderful idea of, 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 of community prayer. That happened on the 4th of February. And then uh, a good friend, actually, who will be on again shortly, join us again, Father Luke McNamara. Uh, and Father Luke, of course, joined us to tell us all about what's happening in Glenstall for Lent. Entitled, there was a series of four talks, I think it is, entitled Lent for the Abbey. You might remember that yourself, Shane. Yeah, Father Luke and will be coming on again, of course, uh, later in the year to tell us about, because they will have Lent at the Abbey again this year in the talks that they're going to um, have on us. <coughs> now, in terms of the, the, the year in review for February, in the month of February, uh, we have the resignation in Ireland of Bishop McCreevy uh, up of Dromore, John McCreevy, uh, in relation to the historic uh, handling of a sex abuse case. Then, in, in from a papal perspective, Pope Francis had to bow to local pressure and accept the resignation of a bishop in Nigeria. The bishop had been appointed by Pope Benedict XVI, and Pope Benedict had appointed the man he thought was best for the job, but the local church had refused to accept him because he wasn't of the local tribe. And uh, there was a bit of a standoff, and then people might remember in 2000, I think it was in 2017, Pope Francis issued an ultimatum to the priests of the diocese, that they would obey or there would be consequences. However, in February, he had to basically accept the reality and that bishop resigned from the diocese. And I think actually they're still vacant. They're still trying to find a man to replace him. Then in March, we had the good news, if you like. Well, not so much the good news, but we had the news of the recognition of the martyrdom of the 19 martyrs of Algeria, which includes, of course, Bishop uh, Clavier, and, of course, the monks of Tiberin. Uh, at the same time, we also had the appointment of the new Bishop of Ossory, which is, I think, is in Kilkenny direction, isn't it, Lorraine? I'm not too sure. Not too sure. Not sure. I, think it's, I think it's Kilkenny's side. But we also had an interesting survey in March, which showed that 20 young, 24% of young people in Ireland still regularly attend Mass, which is one of the highest numbers in Europe, which I thought was actually a piece of good news and something that should be um, encouraged. And, you know, maybe, you know, not all, you know, it's kind of case, well, do you know what? They're there. They're not all exactly. off, you know, exactly. doing whatever it is that they're doing. So that's what we had in terms of February and March, John. Okay, in March uh, this year in Sacred Space, the 4th of March, we actually spoke with Colm Hogan, who's the, the trucker representative. People might remember uh, there was, a, there was a, a landslide back there in 2017 in Sierra Leone. A lot of people also recovering from the Ebola outbreak. And so Colin reminded us of the work that Trocra are doing out there on our behalf, really, um, just trying to help those people who don't have the same as what we have. So that, that was nice to hear that. And the 18th of March, actually, Shane, um, you introduced us to uh, Dean Niall Sloan. 
if you remember, uh, they, they were celebrating uh, last year, 800 years of St. Mary's Cathedral and Church of Ireland in Limerick. And Dean, Dean Niall came on and t- just told us a little bit about the history of St. Mary's Cathedral and the sort of celebrations that they were having in, in uh, 2018. And I believe that they turned out pretty well. Um, I know there was... Um, there was a few choral concerts organised. I'm not too sure. Did you get any? Did you get there yourself, Shane, to any of those? No, unfortunately, I didn't get to anything. I had hoped to get down, but unfortunately, I didn't quite get uh, as far as it. I'm afraid. Okay. Now, on the 24th of March, then last year, one of my favourite little programmes, actually. Um, it, it was I, I was joined by Geraldine Creighton and a guy called Jared Hanley, who are members of the Emmanuel community, and Jared, Jared Hanley. He's he's an Irish rail driver. He's a train driver. And Jed shared his journey with us, and he shared a lovely little poem that I'd like again to remind listeners again. I, I, I thought it was beautiful. It's entitled A Little Pencil. I am a little pencil in the service of the Lord, a simple little pencil set free to serve my Lord, a simple little pencil from the splinter of wood put on this earth with a mission to do good. I'm not an expensive pen, covered in gold and jewels, nor an elegant feather quill. No, I'm just a simple pencil. Sometimes I'm broken in bits on the floor, in need of a saviour, a repairman for sure. Then I hear a friendly voice whispered from within, I restore you anew, for I'm your saviour, I love you. That was written by Jared Hanley, and Jared really um, has been living his faith over the last number of years, and I just couldn't help but remember uh, when you were speaking there, Shane, about what happened early on in March, where 24% of the people regularly attend Mass. Well, there's train drivers who are, who are, who are living out their Catholic faith in daily life. Um, that happened in March, and in in April, Shane, just before you get in, in I, I might just uh, have you mentioned... March yet, Shane, you have? Yeah, March we've done. Okay, and, and April. In mm-hmm. April, um, I decided to have a contact with the Lash community in Callan in County Kilkenny. A wonderful group of people. Um, actually, the, 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 it's about 149 communities worldwide. Uh, Lash was founded in 1964 when John Vanier welcomed two men with disabilities into his home in a town in France. Venier became aware of the plight of thousands of people institutionalised with development disabilities. Venier felt led by God to invite the two men, Raphael Simi and Philippe Ziu, to leave the institutions where they resided and to share their lives with him in a household in France. He named the house Lache, which means in French, the Ark, as in Noah's Ark. So again, Shane, I, I thought that, that was a wonderful opportunity for us to contact the people in Kilkenny, uh, mm-hmm. uh, where the first Irish community was founded in 1978. So that was on the, that was in in April, Shane, when we when we done that program. Okay, yourself. Yeah, now, and now, in terms of things happening around the world, I suppose in the month of April, uh, the main thing actually was the publication of Gaudate et Exultate, which was um, a papal uh, exhortation, apostolic exhortation by Pope Francis which was dated March 19th and was published on the 9th of April. And it's subtitled On the Call to Holiness in Today's World. And it directs the universal call to holiness with a focus to repropose the call to holiness in a practical way for our own time. 
Um, the document of only five chapters is quite short, 44 pages. Uh, it discussed the call of holiness, two of the heresies, Gnosticism and Plague Anglism. Described also the false forms of holiness and looked at the Beatitudes. So that was published on the 9th of April. Uh, so that was one of the main things that happened in terms of uh, of April. And the headline, the interesting headline that the Irish Catholic took reporting it was, Pope Francis says, don't allow the church to become a museum, which was, I thought, an interesting one. Of course, uh, the thing, of course, the main thing that was happening in Ireland, of course, as we headed in for our March, February, March, April last year, of course, was the build-up to the uh, referendum in May to repeal the Eighth Amendment to the Irish Constitution. So that, of course, unfortunately, was the main event in May. Is the main thing that's on the calendar, and where the there was a, two, a two-thirds, one-third majority to repeal the Eighth Amendment and allow for the introduction by legislation of abortion uh, in Ireland pretty much on demand. And it was an interesting one that uh, one of the most um, ad- great public advocates in the UK uh, uh, for abortions turned around and said that uh, it, Ireland's uh, abortion regime is now more liberal than that of the UK and what a victory it was, is how she described it. And I said to myself, well, aren't we a great little nation? <laughs> so then on June... I'm afraid it took, um, well, we had a couple of things in June. After June, of course, the build-up started, of course, to the World Meeting of Families in August and the papal visit. So June, there was the official confirmation that the Pope was definitely not going north to Armagh, which created a lot of upset, justifiable upset, I thought, um, for the people in Northern Ireland, the Catholics in Northern Ireland, that he wasn't going north. And I think it was a lost opportunity myself. Um, but also announced the, his visit to the uh, Capuchin Day Centre and to Brother Kevin uh, and the work and the team there uh, that would be part of the papal visit. Um, as well as that, then, in terms of papal events, on the 20th of June, the Pope made a visit to Geneva to visit the world uh, Christian community and WCCM which is an ecumenical movement of different churches. Now, the Catholic Church is not a member of it, but it maintains a relationship with it. And so it was, uh, I think it was their 50th anniversary, or their 70th anniversary, I think, and he went to just give greetings and facilitations and all the rest of it. Uh, Unfortunately, June, of course, then, was also the start of what, what is now known as the McCarrick Affair. So, unfortunately, Theodore McCarrick was uh, previously the Cardinal Archbishop of Washington, and a number of other uh, dioceses in the United States of America. And the story broke of his um, liaisons with men uh, over the age of 18, uh, which ended up in during the year with he being stripped of his, well, he resigned from the cardinature, and he is um, he's now just a bishop. And his case is under investigation at the Vatican and as well as by the civil authorities in the United States. Now, the difficulty with the McCarrick affair is that it is going to roll into 2019. It has created a huge amount of reaction in the United States of America, because what it has done is it has brought to a head the issue of accountability for those in high offices within the church who have covered up the issue of abuse or uh, sexual misdemeanors, because 
Um, it's not 100% clear with McCarrick um, whether or not there was an issue of paedophilia involved, but there was definitely a case of a ma- of uh, homosexual relations with other people, other men. Um, that issue is being investigated, but the problem is, of course, it has absolutely ruptured uh, trust, remaining trust that was left in the ch- institutional church among Catholics in the United States of America. Now, why this is serious and why it's in a serious a serious event is it was coming on top of the whole issue in Chile. There was also uh, cases coming to light in Germany, cases coming to light in Poland, and um, the response coming from the Vatican has not been what has will be had been expected under Pope Francis, and uh, it has led to the calling of this. A meeting of the presidents of the Episcopal Conferences, which will be held in February in Rome, uh, to deal with this particular issue. Um, how it's dealt with and the effectiveness of things that they come out with is going to pretty much define the papacy of Francis, uh, I, I, um, as much as it did that of his two predecessors. Um, the issue very much runs around the issue of accountability, and um, particularly where, as we you know, as we've learned in Ireland. Uh, where maybe bishops have not done anything themselves, but they have been held accountable for the men under their authority and the way that they have been moved from parishes to parishes. So that, unfortunately, was June. The McCarrick Affair started off, and it had continued all the way through the remainder of 2018. And as I said, even now it's continuing into 2019. I saw in today's New York Times there is a report that the Vatican is trying to speed up the case of McCarrick as quick as possible so that it is closed before the meeting in February uh, comes up and that it is out of the way. So that was uh, May and June, John. What did we have in terms of the programme? Okay, in May, actually, uh, Mary Keaton joined us to share her thoughts and reflections on Mary as mother, prompted by the new feast day put into the liturgical calendar by Pope Francis on the Monday after Pentecost Sunday, mm-hmm. which is titled The Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church. The Blessed Virgin Mary is so much the image of mother from the moment of her yes to the angel, taking the risk of an unplanned pregnancy up to a mother's role, to the handing on to the handing on of faith to children, up to the time of our death, when she's praying and accompanying us in that final journey. So that's what, that, we had that program um, in May, actually the 6th of May, and then um, the 3rd of June, we had Father Pat Seaver on from Limic Diocese. Father Pat reflected with us on his comic book, really for children, explaining to children why go to Mass. And that was followed uh, the 17th of June. We, had, we, we touched base with Knox Ryan, and again to give us a review of what the summer programme uh, entailed. And in July, we actually touched base with Father Eamon Conway, who gave us um, gave us really a, an, an oversight into the relevance of Lockdog in today's world. And we finished off with July, right at the end of July, with Father Amos Fitzgibbon uh, chatting to us about the future of Irish parish, uh, the future of the Irish Parish Conference, which was held at the Irish Institute for Pastoral Studies. So that's what happened in June, May, June, July, actually, Shane, and the program. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then in terms of ongoing events in the global uh, sphere, uh, on in July, we had the announcement of the closure of St. Malachy's Diocesan Seminary in Belfast. 
St. Malachy's was the last diocesan seminary in the country. So diocesan seminary was like, people might remember St. Patrick's in Thurles, I think would have been the closest one to us here in Limerick, where, uh, as well as Maynooth, uh, men went for, for training. You had Clonliff in Dublin was the other one, was another one. You had a, there, there was a couple of them, I think it was St. Brendan's, um, I think it might have been Kerry, I'm not sure about that one. But anyway, so St. Malachy's was the last one. Um, it, they had tried to maintain it. Uh, it was where the students for some of the northern dioceses had done their philosophy studies. However, it closed or its announcement for closure was made in July 2018. As the preparations, the final preparations were being made, of course, in July for the Pope's visit and the World Meeting of Families, the whole issue of the tickets for the World Meeting of Family kicked off. And people might remember that you couldn't get anywhere without a ticket. Uh, in terms of well, you had to you had to buy the tickets for the Congress in the RDS. Uh, the the tickets for Croke Park were pre-allocated, and then if you wanted to attend Croke, uh, the Phoenix Park, or Knock, you had to apply for tickets. And then there was the whole issue about how many tickets were going to be going on sale. There was half a million, and then there was the issue of there was a a, a crew called Say No to the Pope. Uh, who were trying to get to take out tickets out of circulation as well. So all that was brewing and going on in July at the same time. Then in August, of course, the big thing in August, of course, the 19th to the 25th was the World Meeting of Families held in Dublin. And I think it's 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 a wait and see did anything major come out of it. Uh, will come out of it, I suppose, from the point of view of the of the of the Irish Church. Uh, unfortunately, I suppose, from a media point of view, um, it was overshadowed by the release of the letter from the Pope, former papal envoy accusing Pope Francis of covering up sexual misconduct allegations against Theodore McCarrick. Um, it was also, I suppose, the, the, the World Meeting of Families, uh, the turnout was strong, and the, it has to be said, the general mood among participants was generally upbeat for anyone that actually attended the event itself. I think, in other words, we'll have to wait and see what its kind of results will be. I think I don't think anyone would disagree. The event in Croke Park, which was broadcast, was absolutely beautiful. Um, and also the Pope's, um, the, the Papal Mass, whatever the issue about the numbers of who did or who didn't attend, it's not really the issue. Um, the, the, the Pope Francis's mea culpa and apology during the penitential rite, I think, will be an important issue. <laughs> Excuse me, I beg your pardon. Lorraine, what did you think of the World Meeting of Families? I actually thought it was wonderful. And as one of the attendants at the Papal Mass, I have to say that the figures were drastically underreported on the day because if you were part of the slew walking out from the Mass, you were under no um, illusions about the numbers of people who actually attended. And I think we can get caught up in numbers a little bit, but the faith and the devotion of the people who were there, I saw people there who were were easily in their 80s, if not a little bit older, right down to babies being carried in their mother's arms. And that to me is church. It's, it's the the vastness of us all being there. And, and bearing in mind, it was the world meeting of families that we were there as a family. I know some of my friends, unfortunately, I couldn't attend the whole thing myself, but some of my uh, younger friends who did attend were very taken by the catechesis, the in other words, the little inputs of faith uh, by the speakers, by the music of the event for the whole week and came out of it very much uplifted. 
Very good. Now, in terms of um, August as well, of course, we also had the the issue of what was called the Vigano accusations, which was um, these were a letter that was published by Carlo Mario Vigano, the former papal ambassador to Washington, accusing Pope Francis of covering up about McCarrick and also naming 32 other senior churchmen in relation to the whole uh, escapade. That's something else which is still rumbling on and into 2019, and we haven't heard the last of it either. John, in terms of the program? In terms of the program, really, I mean, for the rest of the year now, we just finished off with Sister Louise O'Rourke spoke to us on Oscar Romero. Uh, Martina Lehan Sheehan there in November spoke to us. Give us a nice reflection on Black Friday versus Bright Friday. And then, of course, when we come into December, then we had uh, Bishop Donald McKeown spoke to us on the, on the Synod of the Bishops from the Youth. Father Frank Duick joined us on Exploring Lecture Divina. And Bishop Brendan Leahy uh, spoke to yourself. Um, and that was again on the 16th of December. So that really wrapped up, really, 2018, Shane. And if if we can be as busy in 2019 as we were in 2018. Well, OK, let me, well, let me finish off first, boss. So in terms of September, uh, the main thing was we had five seminarians entering into Maynooth. October was a busy month because we had the Synod of Bishops in Rome on youth and discernment and vocations. And of course, in the midst of that month, we also had, of course, the canonization of Oscar Romero and Pope Paul VI. For in November, the key thing, of course, was at November and December, one of the key things, of course, was the introduction of the pastoral units in their McDiocese, which was the main kind of news thing for us at a local level here throughout 20, um, 2018. Now, crystal ball gazing for 2019, just quickly, John, um, just what would be coming up in terms of the year ahead. And I'm afraid for those of us clinging on to our relationship with the institutional church by our fingertips, it's going to be another pretty much roller coaster. And, of course, the main event will be in February with that uh, meeting that I mentioned with the heads of Episcopal conferences. But it'll also it'll very much depend what happens after that, because it's going to be quite a challenging year. The Pope has a number of trips lined up. We have a World Youth Day in Panama at the end of January. There's a trip to United, United Arab Emirates, which will be the first trip by a Pope to that country. Um, there's also going to be a number of other trips, but I've mislaid my list here, but it doesn't really matter for the moment. And chances are, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say that we will probably have one, possibly one, um, paper funeral during 2019. Now, before people come up in arms at me, I'm not talking about Pope Francis. I am talking about, of course, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, whose health is failing, and the man is in his mid-90s. So if that happens, we will see history being made because you will have the you will have a funeral where a pope is burying his successor, not something that happens on a regular event. So, John, there you go. Year in the review, twenty nineteen. Thank you very much, Neil, for that, Shane. Now, at this stage, uh, we're going to go for our second piece of music, and this one I thought we'll play one from the from the Limit Gospel Choir. And this is thanking God for all that happened in two thousand and eighteen, and this one is entitled "Thank You, Lord."
Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Still joined the studio here by Lauren Buckley. Anne is still with me. And of course, Shane is with us on the other end of the Skype line. And thanks again, Shane, for doing all that work and bringing us what happened in 2018. And we know that 2019 is another year, but we know that the Lord is in charge of it all anyway. Now, this part of the program is where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before I go any further, I just want to remind listeners, I meant to say it at the start, that something that we're introduced as of next week on. Our good friend here, sitting here on my right, Lorraine Buckley, is going to start to give us some reflections or little catechesis. So this little two-minute soundbites, a three-minute soundbites around our face. She's going to start off with a series next week on the virtues, I think it is, isn't that right? Well, we all want to start living a more virtuous life at the start of the new year and we make resolutions. So we thought it might be look, it might be nice to have a few spiritual resolutions, yeah. maybe. So this is what we'll do with this. This will be in part one. It'll be after Shane shares the, Shane, uh, shares the saints for the week. And the rain then will uh, come in and give us those little reflections, a piece of music. And let's see where that goes as time goes by. But these reflections, might, uh, I think it's about seven or eight weeks. I think you've got lined up first of all, and then we'll see where we go after that. Okay, so at this part of the program, reading and reflecting on the Word of God, and Shane might share this prayer, pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your Word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So the Gospel for today is the Gospel of the Baptism of the Lord. It's taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verse 15 to 16, and 21 to 22. A feeling of expectancy had grown among the people, who were beginning to think that John might be the Christ. So John declared before them all, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming, someone who is more powerful than I am, and I am not fit to undo the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now when all the people had been baptized, and while Jesus, after his own baptism, was at prayer, heaven opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily shape, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. My favor rests on you. So that's the Gospel for today, the baptism of the Lord. 
Lorraine, have you got a few reflections there? A few thoughts you might want to share with us, please? I do indeed. It's almost, it's a week after Christmas. Mm. Although, strictly speaking, we're still in Christmas tide yeah. to all those people who are telling us to take down our cribs and our mm, Christmas mm, trees mm, and all the rest mm. of it. Ordinary time only begins tomorrow. But we jump from looking at the infancy of Jesus to looking at Jesus in his adulthood. And we're looking at it in Luke's Gospel, and it's a gospel of two halves this morning, really. The first half of it is looking at John the Baptist and who John the Baptist is. Mm. And then the second half of it is looking at Jesus and who Jesus is. So if we look at the first half first, the people were beginning to think that John actually might be the promised Messiah because he was living an austere life. He was living out in the desert. Mm. He was eating locusts and honey and he dressed quite poorly, as we know. But he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was speaking truth. People were coming from miles around to visit him, to see him, to hear him preach and to be baptised by him. But John wants to knock that on the head. So he declared before everybody, I baptise you with water, but someone is coming. Someone who is more powerful than I am, and I am not unfit I am not fit to undo the strap of his sandals. Now, that's a very important one. We've covered it many times here before. To undo a person's sandals in Jewish culture at the time Mm. was the job of a slave. So John Mm. is looking at himself as a servant of the one to whom he is pointing. And the one to whom he is pointing is Jesus Christ, of course. And we kind of skip a few verses in the middle. John tells us that Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then we jump from verse 16 to verse 21 to 22, because the middle section doesn't really relate to the baptism. Mm -hmm. Um, So the church in her wisdom takes us on to the next place that's talking about the baptism. And it says, now when all the people had been baptized, and while Jesus, after his own baptism, was at prayer, we have this beautiful, again, Theophany, this little revelation of God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Just as we had an epiphany last week, we we celebrated the Feast of the Epiphany where Jesus was revealed to the nations, to the wise Mm -hmm. kings. Now again we have Jesus being revealed to the people who were present and thanks be to God through the scriptures Mm -hmm. to us as well. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily shape like a dove and a voice came from heaven You are my son, the beloved. My favour rests on you. And I have to wonder, putting myself into into that gospel, looking at the first part, well, who am I? Mm. And then looking at the second part, well, who am I in relation to Jesus? Mm. The first part is I'm, I'm like John, or at least I should be. I'm a creature. I am a servant of the Lord. But through my baptism, which has taken place through the baptism of Jesus Christ in which I have been united to Christ in an unbelievable fashion. Like we can't even get our heads around our unity to Christ through our Christian baptism. But through Christ, I am the Father's beloved child in whom he is well pleased. It's an incredible thought. Isn't it? Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for that. Just to finish off, um, I was at lecture at Vienna there with Father Frank Duick uh, and there were 20 of us. On Monday night last, uh, that's in the Paris Centre in Newcastle West, uh, 10 past 8 to 10 past 9 in Newcastle West. And one of the things that Father Frank just reminded us of was our own baptism. Don't forget that our own baptism, as Father Frank was saying, was actually the most important time of our life. It's when we were commissioned or given a mission to go out 
and do the work that the Lord wants us to do and to do that of course we have to listen to the Holy Spirit one of the things he did ask us to do if we get a chance find out when you were baptised so just to let you know I looked it up when I was baptised so I was baptised in Birmingham on the 22nd of January 19 the 22nd of January I was, uh, I, uh, so I, I, I was baptised. So that was a, a great day for me in my own life, and not that I knew much about it, but Father Frank just suggests that we always keep that in mind. Our baptism is the most important time of our lives. Thanks again, guys. Uh, Anne, thanks a lot for joining me. And thanks a lot, Lorraine. You're very welcome. Next week, we're looking forward to starting that series, the Catechesis series on virtues. And Shane, thanks a lot for all that work you put in with us, in all fairness to you. And you've got somebody else going to join. You're going to have somebody else join us again next week, aren't you? From Glenstall? yeah, so we hopefully uh, Martin Brown will join us next week from Glenstall to discuss the week of prayer for Christian unity. Thank you. And so we'll go out with our final bit of music, and this um, one is very much lined up with the gospel. It's by Mark Forrest, and this one is entitled "You Are Mine." So until next week, from Shane, Lorraine, Anne, and myself. God bless you all now. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. A voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. I will come to you in the silence. I will lift you from all your fears. You will hear my voice I claim you as my choice Be still and know I am here And do not be afraid For I am with you I have called you each by name and follow me and I will bring you Sacred Space.